This is Self Care You with Scott, and today on the show we welcome Detroit-born Savannah Hawk. As the recipient of the E-Lit Award, Savannah is an author, a podcaster, a TEDx speaker, and an advocate for those living a male-to-female cross-dressing life. Through a lifetime of experience and research, Savannah has a strong pulse on the struggles and fears that males have in the community. Living with Cross-Dressing was written to destigmatize the dual gender experience for cross-dressing men. Also a co-host of the Fox and the Phoenix podcast, Savannah reinforces the same positive and inclusive message of gender identity and expression. Today we have an awesome conversation about gender equality, acceptance, and promoting a positive inclusive message. This is Self Care You. And we're about to level up with author, podcaster, and TEDx speaker, Savannah Hawk. The Self-Care You podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at Into Thrive. The team at Into Thrive believe that obtaining a healthy lifestyle is not as hard as it seems. Into Thrive is built on the four pillars of success, motion, nutrition, mindset, and lifestyle. But maybe the most valuable part of the program is that they have non-judgmental accountability. I speak from experience. I took the metabolic reset and lost over 30 pounds, but it wasn't by starving myself and eating food that doesn't taste good. It's a well-thought-out nutritional plan that doesn't hit your bank account. It's strong motivation from a mindset expert, and it's accountability. If you're pushing to lose that COVID weight or just want to be healthy, Into Thrive is the right place. Be sure to check them out at www.intothrive.com to start the conversation today. What's good, everyone? Thanks for sticking around for another episode of the Self Care You podcast. Firstly, thank you to everyone for all the support. We're happy to say all the Self Care You Level Up Living shirts are gone, but we have more coming. If you're looking for a shirt, check out selfcareyou.net. In Ontario, Canada, June is when we celebrate pride and equality. Happy Pride, everyone, and enjoy this episode. So today on the show, we sit down with very accomplished Savannah Hawk. Savannah, how are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing really good. Thank you. And, uh, you know, we were just chatting. Uh, we welcome you on the show, and we appreciate you being here. You know, why don't you give our listeners a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and, and what you're all about? Okay. Just to let everybody know, I am biologically male, assigned male at birth. I am a dual gender individual uh, using cross-dressing as my art form in which I express my feminine duality. Um, I have written two books, uh, self-help books on the subject, uh, both called Living with Cross-Dressing. One is about relationships and the other is about kind of like um, cross-dressing 101 or gender diversity 101. Um, for people to gain confidence in who they are. Um, I also have a podcast with a co-host I've never met before. We can talk about that later. I uh, call <laughs> yeah. the Fox and Phoenix podcast. Um, and I've spent from the age of six until now, which I will not reveal my age, uh, but several decades and just best understanding who I am um, as a gender diverse person, because growing up there was that was not a thing that was understood or known what gender diversity that didn't exist in the eighties and seventies and nineties. God knows it's been a very recent acquisition of language. So um, while I've lived a very good male life um, and I have, I've had a job for 25 years in the same trade, a same field, uh, 
two degrees from uh, from college, which I've never used, by the way, just let you know, (laughs) you know, didn't get me where I was going for sure. Um, I've done two TEDx talks about cross-dressing and gender diversity. And um, really my, my goal in life about this part of myself is to let people know that one, we are not some weird fringe group or a fetish or, you know, this just a, a hobby and it can be a hobby. Don't get me wrong uh, for people who want to experiment. But for me, this is part of who I am being gender diverse and having a male and a female side and persona. And I express, my way, express myself in that way. So for me, it is all about letting as many people know as possible that if they feel they're that way, that they're not alone and that there's support and resources and whatever we can do to, to normalize it in society where so many other societies do have third genders and do express and have, have the ability to express themselves in a way that many of us in Western culture do not. Yeah, you know, we're really excited to have this conversation. We appreciate you being on the show and open this opportunity up for our listeners, you know, to have the conversation and have more conversation about gender equality, right? And making sure that inclusion is on the forefront of our decision all the time. You know, you're a well-known advocate uh, in the male to female cross-dressing community. And I'm hoping that you can maybe give us a little deeper insight and what that means, maybe what that entails for our listeners. Well, I will tell you that I am not a, um, a flag waver, meaning I'm not typically a pride person. Um, that's not where my advocacy lies. Uh, my advocacy is specific to grassroots and kind of like the ground level of things. Yep. Uh, for me, it is about being visible, especially in the American South. And um, so for me, it is about getting out in the world. It is about being seen as Savannah like just going to coffee shops, going to stores, just going out and, and showing others that somebody like me is just like everybody else. So while I have written books and while I have um, kind of put out other materials and content, a lot of my advocacy comes either from workshops at conferences, the TEDx talks I mentioned uh, that, that can get a lot of ground in this content. But, you know, sometimes grassroots just sitting at a coffee shop and let people see that like, oh, look, that person's just like me. And they're not doing anything weird and ostentatious and flamboyant. They're just being another person in the world. Yeah, because part of the conversation is to that there are so many people that feel that uh, coming out and expressing themselves however they feel they would like to do so will put a target on their back. You know, they'll become the the bully, you know, be bullied or maybe treated disrespect, disrespectfully. And it's obviously a tough situation, but when they see someone like yourself, you know, really stepping out and making sure that people feel comfortable, they maybe have the same sight or, or ability to change or want to change. I guess they see someone common like and, and feel that they can also have that exact same confidence. Right. And I imagine that's exactly what you get when you get out there. Man, confidence is a very slippery thing to grasp sometimes. Um, yeah. You could see somebody advocate. You could see somebody uh, uh, portraying who you are, that doesn't necessarily all of a sudden magically uh, manifest confidence in yourself. And that is uh, also something I'm really, I struggled with myself. I have struggled with in my entire life. Uh, my advocacy has only come in the last four to five years. Um, ironically, um, the books, yes, the books were written pre- prior to that and ongoing, but my advocacy and being in the public eye the way I am and kind of put myself not at risk 
because I don't put myself in risky situations, but I put myself in uncomfortable situations, knowing that the masses could, like I said, bully me, have put a target on my back, could, you know, uh, anything. I mean, we've, we hear too often and see too often in, in the news about how transgender folks are targeted and can be assaulted and worse. And um, for me, that is a risk I take every day I go out. Now, do I dwell on that? No. Do I recognize that it is there? Yes. But it's taken me years to find my own confidence, either with a community. And it's not just cross-dressing or dual gender people. I've, the community I run with is PFLAG. It's meetup groups. It's the gay and lesbian community. Uh, it is not just other people exactly like me. Um, I try to be a little broader because that gives you a little bit more appreciation for everybody who's out there. And we, you know, we talk about inclusion. Inclusion is very important. And it's not just like, let's huddle together all those little dual gender people in one little <laughs> click. It really needs to be bigger than that. We need to understand everybody's journey and, and hopefully how that, applies, how that applies to us. So I've done a lot of, like, I worried that I was gay for a while, which is mm-hmm. ironic because I'm like, why would I think I'm gay? Because I don't like men. But then I would see a very beautiful drag queen or very passable dual gender individual in their femme persona. And I'm like, wow, they are so hot. And so I started questioning myself because I knew underneath they were men. But like, I took a long time into my second book really talks about the, the mutual exclusivity of gender versus sexuality versus presentation. None of them are static. Just because you dress as a woman doesn't some, suddenly mean you, you love men. Right. Right. So it's, it's, it's very, you know, you talk about inclusion. You really also have to talk about knowledge. You really have to sit or sit there and understand what's out there, what it means to you. And yeah, just fight the fight in whatever little ways. And you'll find out that one little step you take out, like, Oh, that wasn't so bad. I survived. And then maybe you can build a little bit more confidence every time you go out and maybe just push the boundary a little bit more. Unfortunately, if we sit under a boundary of our comfort zone, we never get out of it. So unless you want that comfort zone to expand, you need to step outside of it for a minute. Yeah, that's some great advice. You know, I'm really interested to hear about the E-Lit Award. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, well, the E-Lit Award, um, I entered, you can enter. It's like, a, um, obviously, it's <laughs> e-literature. So uh, my books are both digitally available. Uh, for download, as well as being uh, available in print from Amazon. And what it is, is you kind of submit your your book and you put it into certain categories that are relevant, which I did. I think mine was um, society and culture, and I think LGBTQ. And uh, yeah, and I did it for both books. And um, in each turn, I actually uh, won a a gold or silver medal in each of those um, categories. So I was very flattered and very excited to actually be recognized in that way for the work I did primarily for myself. When I wrote my first book, it was purely for um, two reasons. One, because my girlfriend, when I told her the first day we got serious, she didn't have any resources. And I'm trying to point her to things that really didn't apply to me. And then secondly, I saw a post on Facebook about like, would you let this person, you know, be in the same restaurant as you? And all the just the gatekeeping that happened it got me so passionate and mad (laughs) i decided to write a book so (laughs) (laughs) just just get it all in one book just over yeah you know just whatever just do it It, it's fine 
And it actually ended up being interviews with uh, multiple couples uh, where, where um, cross-dressing was a part or was discovered or revealed. You know, people who had been married 30 years and all of a sudden the husband's like, oh, by the way, I have something to tell you. Right. You know, from that to like brand new, cu- uh, uh, brand new couples where the woman hadn't even met the man in male mode. And, oh goodness, and okay. that man being a little <laughs> concerned and that man being concerned, like, Oh my God, is she going to like the man side of me? Like she likes the female side of me. Right. So I try to cover the gamut of, of just like what relationships can be like and how you can succeed in that way. I think it's super, super important that we don't get stuck in our, I don't want to say limited worldviews, but sometimes we do live in our limited worldviews and don't explore outside of that because we never had to. Yeah, I think what you're doing is amazing because that's exactly what we try and do with self-care you in this podcast. We really try and provide an encyclopedia of, of options or opportunities for people to have relatable experience from real life human beings, people that are living life and, and going through certain scenarios. So that's really kind of what your, your first book kind of really sounded like that's where it started from, right? Am I am I right in that mm-hmm. regard? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you I, was def- fighting up, <laughs> I was fighting an uphill battle. Uh, when I gave my girlfriend the first resources, oh, read this book. I never read that book. Right. And so she was reading a book in much in earnest, trying to learn. And then all of a sudden, I realized that the book actually was very much not for me. Wasn't about non-transitioning gender, dual gender people. It was about like, oh, I like to cross-dress and now I'm transitioning to a female. Right. So all of a sudden I was trying to defend myself against actual words on a page because she thought it would apply to me. And I'm like, no, that's not me. But the book says, I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and it's just, it just goes to show you that even that was in the early 2000s and still not enough material and resource of value and note for people like me. People still go online and tell me they felt alone until they heard the podcast or found the book or saw the TEDx. And I'm like, how is that possible in the 21st century? How is that possible that? people can still feel like they're the only ones dealing with gender diversity in the way they are. Well, I appreciate you having the conversation because it needs to ha- be had. You're, you're an award-winning author. You have two books out. I really wanted to, you know, kind of just got to the top and you scrape the top of your book. <laughs> I'd really like to get into them. You know, maybe you could let us know what both of them are. And then, uh, you know, we could talk about the second book. Okay. Uh, well, the first book uh, was entitled or is entitled Living with Cross-Dressing, Defining a New Normal. And that was the one where I wrote it, you know, with passion and fire because I was so bad at everything. But I was also living in New York at the time. And there was a very rich community of cross-dressing men. And so I said, oh, you know, it'd be good because I wanted it to be a book about relationships. So first it starts off as like, hey, here's a type of cross-dressers that you could be or you could associate with. And then it started being my, I did my story. Uh, my girlfriend did part of her story. And then I started interviewing couples. And basically every couple that we interviewed, I basically wrote a fictionalized but autobiographical account of what they talked about in our interviews. And I wrote those stories. And it was all about what the husband went through, um, when the reveal happened and why, or was it a discovery uh, what was the relationship like before? How are they coping with it? What's the new dynamic? 
because I think what a lot of people may not realize, especially the gender diverse part of things, is that your wife or partner may feel like they've lost something. They may feel they're not equipped to understand or deal with this new entity in their life. And this book was really about making it okay. Like you're not really losing something, you're gaining something, especially in a non-transitioning such. You have your husband and now you can have a girlfriend or you can have your husband and you can have your bestie girlfriend that you go shopping with. I mean, there are, there are benefits to both. And the person you fell in love with was an amalgam of that feminine and masculine energy to begin with. Right. So the, the thing you thought you, you're now like, oh, this is completely foreign to me. Well, is your husband soft-spoken? Is he more gentle? Is all those like stereotypical feminine traits? Did he embody those things and that's why you love him? Well, that's probably because he also harnessed that feminine side of himself in a lot of ways. Even if he's denying it, there was a lot of, you know, uh, there, there's a, a synergy between masculine and feminine in all people, not just me, not just gender diverse, but every person on the planet has a mix of masculine and feminine. I'm a girl, but I'm a tomboy. Oh, I'm a guy, but I like to cook. And, you know, it's like, I like to garden. It's like, you know, the stereotypical things that make you think those aren't supposed to be for you. It's just like, it's your mix. It's, it's like that balance and blend that you have. So that first book was all about setting that stage as well as giving a little nuance of, hey, cross-dressing person, here's, right. here's what you could be. And this is kind of the history and the reasons why. Now, let me tell you about all these other people who've experienced the same thing. Right. Because I can imagine that it's very difficult. I talk very openly about being a young male, you know, my dad not being around and really trying to find the answers to to the questions, obviously, that I'm dealing with as a young as a young one, trying to figure out what they are and and navigating my life and and really going through a world of where I really developed uh, low confidence and, and really, you know, was self-doubt was really strong. And I was really worried about, you know, who I was and, and really developing. And I can imagine that, you know, going through transition is the exact same thing. You're asking these questions and really trying to find out who you really are trying to be so that you can be, you know, the best version of yourself. Right. Oh my God. That's a, you, you, you know what? I'm just going to stop the podcast now because you pretty much summed it up being, <laughs> being the best, person you can be is the most important thing. It's not the best man you can be. It's not the best woman you can be. It's the best human you can be. And however we we show up in the world, whether it makes us most happy, again, if you're not harming yourself or harming others, that's always my caveat. Make sure we keep that on the table. But if you are just dressing femininely because it makes you utterly happy and content and calm and have a sense of balance, who's, why would you why would anybody be able to tell you not to do that? Yeah. Tough. Up here in Canada, we're just starting to, you know, just reach the surface of that conversation, you know, and, and about suppression in our indigenous individuals and, and how we suppress them through residential homes, which is a totally different conversation mm -hmm. and can go forever. But these are some of the things that we're just starting to open up in our country and really understand that we've really stigmatized this uh, culture and really pushed, you know, really suppress them. So, you know, and true self-care you form, we like to stay on the positive, right? So we're going to, we're going to go over to this podcaster, you know, this podcast that you have, you're a podcaster among, you know, being an author and being an advocate. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. Well, the podcast uh, came out of COVID and the podcast came out of being 
a guest on another podcast. Okay. That somebody sought me out. Um, Jennifer sometimes, as she's uh, named, had the Free to Be She podcast. And so she sought me out because she was looking for guests. She has a, like your format, she has a guest on. And she found me and I went on and um, be kind of came semi-regular, you know, every so often. So, but she'd have other guests. And in the height of COVID, we did a movie night. Okay. So she brought in a panel of people that had been on the show before. And so we all watched the movie in real time. And then we discussed it, you know, afterwards. So uh, one of the other panelists was a woman, is a woman named uh, Julie Rubenstein, who is a entrepreneur and she has a styling consultancy called Fox and Hanger. Okay. And she actually uh, caters to the transgender and gender diverse cultures to uh, with fashion. Like what's, what could look best on you? What do you want to look like? What's your themology? What do you want? You know, what is it you like? You like goth? Do you like this? Do you like girl next door? And she will put together outfits that you can go buy as a client. Right. And that, that could be your new wardrobe because she uses that or her talent and expertise to do that. So that being said, uh, we, we both kind of connected really quickly on the show. And so she reached out to me and said, Hey, I have all these ideas of things I like to do. And one of those was kind of a conversation, which did not pan out because we were going to do a uh, written form, long form. And I said, why don't we just do a podcast? So yep. uh, my, my co-host from the West coast in uh, San Francisco area and me on the East Coast side in um, upstate South Carolina, we have never met. Okay. In all the episodes we've done, which I think we've uh, banked, I think 85 episodes, but I think like 78, 79 are out now as we speak. And yeah, um, and yeah we've never met. And basically the podcast was, she's a cis female and I'm the, you know, the, the gender diverse cross-dressing person. And we just tackle whatever topics, either funny stuff or things for the significant ones of, in a relationship or the types of crossdresser that you can be. Or um, like, for instance, one of the recent episodes, I went to the doctor uh, per my girlfriend's request and insistence. And on the forums that you do for intake, one of the markers now, which is very progressive, was gender. And you could say male, female, other non-binary. And I'm like, you know what? This is my moment to stand up for myself and say non-binary. Yeah. Oh, and now on my medical records going forward, it's going to say non-binary. And I think that for me was a, a kind of a big milestone to do. And also it allows me to be counted in the community when medical records are assessed and you, you find all sorts of things out, you know, based on those records, I can now be counted based on that. So uh, those are the type of things that we just tackle, like whatever comes to mind, whatever seems hot in that moment, we just grab it and we have a good time with it. Kind of like you and I just, just riffing and seeing what comes from it. Yeah. Just have a good conversation. And that's, you know, we have all these thousands of millions of podcasts out here and we forget the concept of the podcast was just to have a conversation Mm -hmm. and do good by that conversation, whatever it may be. So uh, I'm sure you're tackling some pretty awesome Issues. Can everyone just hear it on, you know, iTunes or is it on Spotify? Where can we? Uh, Spotify, Anchor, iHeartRadio. Oh, yeah. Uh, Apple Podcast, a Google Podcast. Um, some Get it other ones I don't remember. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you have a primary streaming service for your podcast, you'll probably find it. Again, it's called the Fox in the Phoenix 
podcast. Well, we'll make sure that information gets in there for sure. Thank you. You know, Savannah, I'm really interested in the topic of TEDx speaker engagements. I'm mm. a you know trained public speaker, and I'm interested in kind of how these engagements happen, how that happened for you, and what it was like standing up there and just going through <laughs> what probably was a stressful moment, I imagine. Oh, oh, it was a string of stressful moments. It was not just one. Um, it culminated in the most like, you know, right before speaking stress um, moment. But it was, um, again, it came out of COVID. It came out of the podcast, having confidence enough to have a voice on a podcast where I didn't really think people would want to hear what I had to say because they not see me. Like, you can see me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm dressed as Savannah and I, you can see how I look but I still have a very male centric voice. And I was very concerned that nobody would want to hear or listen to a male voice, which is why it's perfect to have a female co-host who can balance that out too. So stemming from that, she gave me the courage to look into um, possibly doing a TEDx. It was always, you know, a a bucket list item. And so I hired an agency um, led by Jennifer Meyer and you can find her on LinkedIn. And she has an agency that actually helps you, submit uh, to all the open calls uh, around the country and around the world, actually, for like submitting to different open calls for TEDx uh, university wines or uh, just like environment wise. So I got a call back from the uh, North Carolina uh, state uh, TEDx program. And um, basically they gave me a speech coach they had me write up my outline and, and do everything. And basically it was fast tracked. I was one of the last people they accepted during that, that season. And I fast tracked and got it done. And um, unfortunately, when we did our first rehearsal, my 17 minutes became 31 minutes. And so then I had to chop it all down again. Um, but it, it, was, it was scary because it was my first one. I felt it was going to be my only one. And if this was my one shot. I wanted to make it count. And uh, so that stress was very palpable. But I was very happy with how it turned out. We did a couple run-throughs on stage with it. And I, I feel it came out very well. Um, I won't say that the people who watched it truly loved it because the love-hate on my first TEDx was um, very polarizing. Um, some people thought I looked pregnant. Some people thought I was abomination to God. Uh, some people thought I must have suffered from child abuse. All those things had never happened. Although right. I did look right there. I, I had a little COVID weight on me, you know. <laughs> um, but um, but just as many people were in support, just as many people were champions and allies and advocates and defenders from those those terrible comments. But you know what? At the end of the day, I, I didn't feel bad. I read right. every comment. And I'm, not, I'm sure you should never do that. I yeah. read every comment, and I still do on that first uh, TEDx, because I think it's really important for me to understand people's opinions. And sure. I can make assumptions about who they are. I can say, oh, that person's a, you know, a Jesus freak, or that person's, you know, super conservative. I can make all sorts of claims about why they said what they said. But in reality, it's about understanding perspectives and yep. knowing that it's not you. Like they're talking about themselves more so than they're talking about you. You're just the outlet and the the target. Like we talked about the the target on your back. And that TEDx did put a target on my back. And not only that, it also put, um, I put myself at risk because I say my first name. And if anybody just somehow saw that and were lovers of TEDx's everywhere and was like, 
hey, that person kind of looks like my coworker, and they said their name was Chuck, and they said they live in South Carolina. Uh-oh. But okay. I said, you know what? I'd rather people know than keep hiding it. Good for you, because, uh, you know, glossophobia and speaking in front of people is one thing, you know, but then having this, like, weird internet troll audience that just <laughs> thinks, like, they've got the pulse on the entire world. Trust me, I get it all the time. And, you know, the stuff they say is just, like, absolutely ridiculous but you know that's why at self-care you we just we don't even care about that junk like you're over here and you know garbage of misfit people (laughs) and you just you know want to bring everybody else down that's really your own situation we you know i'd love to have a conversation with you because i could probably convince you otherwise but the fact of the matter is Sometimes you're just never going to win. So it's just good just to leave it alone and forget about it. I actually thought it was amazing, to be quite honest. You. <laughs> you know, it was a really good lesson. Uh, it provided a really good perspective on the the topic at hand and making sure that you come away feeling educated. And I think it, it's pretty awesome. You know, TEDx has so many good conversations and you can always just kind of get through on YouTube and check it out. So make sure if you're, you know, listening to this podcast and you're loving the conversation that we're having, make sure that you get over to YouTube, uh, look Savannah up for sure. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for that plug. Yeah. You can look up Savannah Hawk and that's Hawk with a U not with a W uh, TEDx and you should be able to find them super quick. Sometimes it's not about doing any kind of like, I could probably convince them. Yeah. My job is not to convince anybody because, again, politics, religion, there are so many topics that you'll never change somebody's mind on. But if I can show my authenticity to somebody who may hate me and like show grace and show intelligence and show who I am as a person, if even if they leave going, that person was gross. And then they have a conversation with somebody else and say, oh, yeah, I met a tranny today, blah, 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 blah. And then I was, oh my God, that must have been terrible. I was like, yeah, they were just spouting off stuff that sounded smart. And, you know, if you could show the world who you are, nobody can ever take that away from you. Yeah, that's true. So like, I'm not looking to convince you that, that you should be okay with me. I just need to convince you that I'm okay with me. What a great point. Well, and this ties right into this question that we ask everyone, Savannah, if you had a young person in front of you, you know, struggling with some of the same things that you dealt with at a young age. You know, what would be some of the advice that you would give them? I, you know, this is a question that comes up to me a few times. Um, it's a very popular, like, thing to ask. Um, what would I ask my former self, my younger self? What would I say to And I'll say this now, trans youth is such still the target of bullying and of marginalization um, across the country here in mm-hmm. the States. Um, we have all the anti-trans laws we just had that one in florida pass the don't say gay yeah uh bill um and it's unfortunate that kids that we need to somehow suppress like you said before with the the two-spirit individuals we're always about suppressing if it doesn't match our outlook we need to suppress it because it because it's weird and strange and outside our norms um so based on all that focusing on the youth i would just my advice would be stand up, be you, um, obviously protect yourself. Always, always be safe. That's always number one, but number two, always don't back down from who you are. It's like, I know it's scary now. I know it's like a 15 year old. It's gotta be the most scary thing these days, but there are people out there like you find them, um, commiserate with them, hear their stories, 
uh, strength in numbers, find out that you're not alone, find out that your individuality is not as individual as you think, and that there are people that are just as amazing and awesome as you are. You just have to find the right conduit. And, you know, maybe that leads to more act self-actualization. Maybe that leads to you becoming an advocate. Maybe you stand up for that person next to you. And I find that that's super important, even now, even not talking to youth and not talking about somebody who's younger than me, you know, standing up for anybody who feels marginalized or feels that they're ugly because of what society dictates as what beauty is, um, whatever it might be, is so, so important for each and every one of us to just stand there and embrace who they are, embrace their authenticity, because yes, I can ask you to embrace me. But if I don't give that back, then I'm doing a disservice. So, yeah. And, you know, it really comes down to everybody being able to get up in the morning and, and have dignity and feel that they're being respected no matter, you know, what path that they're on in their life, as long as they're not harming anyone. Right. Yeah, so absolutely. with some great advice, you know, Savannah, I'm sure people are going to want to get in touch with you. How can they get in touch with you? Well, um, they can find me on Instagram at Savannah Hawk. They can find me on Facebook at Savannah Hawk or Living with Crossdressing. Um, on Instagram and on Facebook, we have the Fox and the Phoenix podcast. Um, you'll have to look for it. I think it's Fox and Phoenix podcast on Facebook, and it's the Fox and the Phoenix underscore. Um, so if you if you haven't been show notes, that's great. It'd be easy yeah, for way to find me. For sure. Uh, you, you can find me on my website livingwithcrossdressing.com. You can contact me there or even just contact me directly uh, at savannah.hawk at yahoo.com. You know, just let, you know, I would just uh, ask that people who are looking for me in that way, say, hey, I heard you on the podcast, you know, blah, blah, blah. That way it gives me a little indicator where they're coming from and, and how I can assist them. For sure. Well, listen, we appreciate you having the conversation you know, it's a great conversation for our listeners. It's an awesome topic and I appreciate your time. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Thanks again goes out to Savannah for coming on the pod. And again, we appreciate all the support. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at selfcareu underscore level up or shoot over to selfcareu.net if you'd like to get one of those level up living shirts. This is Self Care U and we definitely leveled up with Savannah Hawk.